Hey guys, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the Planet Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Motivational Mark, and this is episode nine. I know it's been a while since I've recorded on here. I did record a bunch of episodes on my other podcast, the Super Travel Experience Podcast. I just uh, had a crazy situation I just uh, experienced uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, starting a couple weeks ago, I just... uh, finished about a week ago, but I'm going to go over that today. I'm going to go over uh, what it's like being in an Egyptian jail and how I used positivity to win, to overcome, to uh, get through that experience uh, fairly well. And it helped me enormously. It's it's kind of odd that I've really been um, doing really well, uh, focusing on all these positive aspects and learning a lot and just um, being obsessive about it and not letting anything shake me. But this experience shook me to my very core and my foundation. But my foundation was very strong, so I was able to withstand uh, the experience. And it was uh, one of the most challenging experiences I've ever faced in my life, but it was also one of the greatest experiences I've ever uh, uh, experienced in my life. So it's a, an odd um Thing, how it could also be, you know, an experience could be difficult, but it also could be great. You know, what's that saying? What does not kill you makes you stronger. There's um, lots of quotes that saying every all your dreams are on the side of other side of you know fear, uh, discomfort. You know, get comfortable being uh, uncomfortable, and you know uh, that sort of stuff. What's it? Uh, yeah, all your dreams lie on the discomfort. Most people, they live and die in their comfort zone. So this experience, I was in jail for like eight days and it was it was incredibly uncomfortable. And I got kind of got comfortable being uncomfortable in a sense, but I used my mind uh, as an asset, as an ally, as a tool to help me overcome the situation. Uh, usually our minds are our best friends or, or our worst enemies. And most of the time, most people's minds are the worst enemies. Uh, There's a lot of, apparently there's people that had a more difficult time than me going through um, this experience by worrying about uh, how I was doing. And um, worrying is uh, not good. It's not good to worry. It's not good to worry. It's good to be concerned, but worrying is fear-based and, you know, it's a negative mindset and definitely it's a projection of, of negativity, of negative thoughts, of of things that don't even happen. It's just a negative energy, which I don't entertain those those thoughts or ideas. I focus on the present. Um, worrying is more future-based, And that's when a lot of negative emotions, I just learned this, are future or past uh, time-wise in our minds. And uh, most of the positive emotions are current, are now, uh, which is interesting because um, I want to say there was like Buddhist concepts talking about living in the now and the now, being the now, you know, that that sort of stuff. And so our ancient concepts, you know, including Buddhism, but that that makes me think more about that. I want to get into that more in a different podcast. This one I want to talk about, the experience of being in an Egyptian jail for eight days. Um, If you want to listen to the whole story, I went like three episodes, two and a half hours, plus an addendum, uh, how I left 
uh, Egypt, Luxor, Egypt to get back to LA. That was like another hour. So it was like three and a half hours long if you want to listen to it on the Super Travel Experience podcast. It's fairly interesting. I mean, uh, to most people, to me, it's like, yeah, it's like whatever. It happened. It's not a big deal. But to to a lot of people, it seems to be really interesting and fascinating. I think there's a big unknown associated with it. And that's part of the allure so what happened, uh, just to briefly summarize, so you know, I, I took a trip to uh, Lebanon, I went to see Baalbek, these ancient ruins, and I bought a dagger, a souvenir dagger from a souvenir store. It, was, it looked old, I didn't know it was going to be that old, or I didn't know it was, you know, um, like a treasure, <laughs> but I bought a few of them. I only wanted like one or two, but the guy's like, here, take more, take more, you know, I'll lower the price here, take it for the $7, $7. I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just give them away as souvenirs, and I'm like, are you sure I can take these? I could fly, you know, with my checked baggage. And he's like, yes, yes, I'm certain. I'll, I'll give the stamp. And I thought like the stamp was like my certification, like it's okay, you know. But it was just ended up being just a stamp of his, of his souvenir shop, which, which was wasn't even you couldn't even read all of the stamp. It was like half on. But I thought, all right, I could kind of read it. So you know, I got a receipt, so it's official. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna get in trouble. And then I fly from Beirut. Lebanon, excuse me, to uh, Cairo, get a connector to Luxor, and then I'm leaving Luxor, and then, um, you know, I'm scanning my bags to when I get off the plane, and uh, they they stop me because of the daggers, and they have to, they wait like a few minutes, and they, they have someone come check, and like, oh, he says, oh, they're not real, they're like 50 years old, they just look old, and like, oh, thank goodness, I don't want to get in trouble, because it seemed like, you know, I guess you could get in trouble if they really are real, so luckily... I, I, uh, they weren't real. And so, you know, I went off and explored, uh, Luxor for a couple days and was coming back out and they check again. Um, and this time they hold me, I miss my flight and they they really examine this time. They say they're real, that they're like thousands of years old, ancient Egyptian daggers. I'm kind of blown away at this point. Come to find out that they did some tests, you know, further along as my case went through, I had to go through the whole legal system. Um, and I was in jail for like eight days. It's crazy, but they ended up testing them. A bunch of people tested them. They're thousands of years old, Greco-Roman era, Egyptian artifacts. They look like spearheads, basically, uh, from what they look like. I have pictures and it's 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 wild this is my lucky and unlucky day so from there i'm you know i'm booked i gotta go through the whole legal system i i it's a lot of waiting standing around and i make sure i'm nice to everyone that's one of the the key quality takeaways that i learned while traveling is just to be nice everyone gets you everywhere um it's a win-win situation for you and everyone you interact with and probably win-win-win for the people they interact with because you know um each interaction that we have we um affect more and more and more people because then they're going to interact and be nice to other people most likely and then so on and so on so on like the butterfly effect <laughs> so anyways i'm i'm uh being booked and I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous. I it's a uncomfortable situation. I know all my previous podcast eight episodes I talk a lot of stuff about positivity benefits, courage, finding your passion, purpose, self discipline, embracing discomfort, benefits of gratitude, small wins to achieve big goals. All this stuff helped me 
deal with this situation. It's almost like the universe gave this to me as a huge test. And I'm going to tell you, I successfully passed this test with flying colors. I want to give myself 100% or an A plus, but I'm going to give myself a B. I'll give myself like a B plus, an 88% out of 100, give or take. So I did really well. Don't get me wrong. There was some downside. Uh, I, I did feel a little bit down at, at certain points, but I made sure to quickly, as fast as I could, get out of that with certain tricks and tools that I'll talk about in a minute, moment. So, you know, I get booked for for this and I have to go to court. I have to go. I go to the police station and I have my two bags <clears throat> And from there, I get handcuffed and I'm taken into the police vehicle to the courthouse. So I have to see a judge or a prosecutor at the courthouse. Big dilapidated, dilapidated building. And I get a lawyer at this point, uh, Mr. Mr. Fadi, really a nice guy. And, and from there, I go and see a, a judge or the, the prosecutor. The terms are used interchangeably, judge, a.k.a. prosecutor. And, you know, I I state my case and, you know, they ask me a few questions. Where'd you buy this from? I was like, Lebanon. Do you have the receipt? Yes, I show it to them. Um, Just basic stuff. You know, they wanted to confirm that, you know, I didn't know it was ancient artifacts. I wasn't trying to smuggle it. And, you know, I had the receipt, so everything was good. And, you know, I was like, please take them away. There's so much hassle. I don't want them. They're right now, I'm pretty sure they're in a Cairo museum right now. Apparently, they're worth like $67,000 or a million Egyptian pounds, something like that. I had no clue. It's so wild. And, you know, that happens. Uh, they I have to wait a long time because they have to get the approval from Cairo. This is Luxor, Egypt, which is about an hour south uh, by plane or seven hours south by bus from Cairo. Kind of in the middle of Egypt. Egypt is really a phenomenal, beautiful place full of temples, tombs, just amazing, amazing, uh, amazing stuff. More than than Cairo, at least in my opinion. But I haven't seen like anything outside the pyramids and the Sphinx and the Egyptian Museum. I guess there's Saqqara, Alexandria. There's a couple other places near Cairo, but I haven't been. But <clears throat> Luxor is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So this whole thing um, is going on in like. There was a lot of discomfort I had to feel. I had to wait along a wall with other uh, prisoners who were just smoking like a chimney in my face. I hate cigarette smoke with a passion. It's just like, you know, you, you're just killing yourself, basically. People who smoke just have a death wish. They have this bad habit. And I, I really, I don't like to use the word hate, but that's one of the few t- things that I really hate or dislike immensely. And so I just had to deal with it. I couldn't complain. I couldn't be like, hey, quit smoking, you know, my face. I couldn't get mad. I had to uh, have self-discipline, not get mad. I had to embrace the discomfort of the cigarette smoke. I had to embrace the discomfort of the unique situation I was in, sitting up against the wall, cross-legged. That was fairly easy, but for hours on end, um, and, you know, a couple that one guy was uh, a alcoholic he was in there for drinking another guy a couple guys were in there for drugs and here one guy was clicking his teeth um one guy seemed to be mentally unstable and the police were really nice they're really nice to me which was really nice and 
you know, I was really nice to everyone the whole time. This was, this is what I do anyway. This is who I am. I shake everyone's hand. I look everyone in the eye. I hold myself with a uh, sense of confidence and high regard. I have uh, good self-respect for myself and others. And, you know, I knew everything was going to be okay. At least that's what I told myself. And I kept telling myself, there's no way I could get in at least big trouble, like going to, to jail for life. But, you know, now I'm in the system. I'm a little nervous, but I, I knew there was like no way I could be in jail for years. Some people um, who are, I've read stories about people going into Egyptian jail and being held on no charges for 15 months. But these guys were part of protesting and, you know, anti government stuff you know which i'm not i don't get involved with any of that stuff i you know stay away from that stuff because you could get in a huge amount of trouble uh, egypt does not mess around i've heard stories about people being blindfolded tortured electrocuted beat all this stuff but luckily none of that happened to me i was treated very very well and i made sure to treat everyone very very well as well uh so i basically you know, felt like a VIP in a sense, you know, everyone's really curious, talking to me about what happened, and it, the whole thing was kind of silly, even they thought it was a bit silly as well, <clears throat> part of it was, it almost felt like, like, um, the police, in a sense, were almost prisoners in, in their job in which they had to do, uh, I know, uh, it was, it was fairly interesting, there was a lot of rapport built, you know, I've made a lot of friends. I still have half a dozen phone numbers to this day. I'm in communication. You know, met a lot of wonderful, wonderful people. And okay, so I, in the judge, prosecutor, and you know that that was the first day. The next day, I have to go back. I, I sleep on a bench in the police station for a few hours. It felt so wonderful. I slept. I slept amazing. I was happy and grateful to feel good when I woke up. I had some really quality sleep. You know, even it was like two or three hours. I don't remember exactly, but when the body's tired, it seems to find a way to, um, to, uh, you know, get quality sleep, quality REM sleep. And so, you know, I get up, go to court, 8 a.m., I'm handcuffed again uh, to, you know, this time I think it's to like a security type of guy. That was Saad, S-A-A-D, Saad. And uh, that was just to get to uh, the armored vehicle with the five-minute drive to the courthouse and then go to the courthouse. This time I'm waiting like 12 hours or 10 hours. Just It was just waiting all day and just watching the goings-on. It was fairly interesting. And, you know, I have to keep my mind. I'm kind of like in this meditative state where I just, you know, focus on the present. I don't try not to worry about the future, regret the past. Just focus on the present. Like those positive emotions are mostly present-based, which is fascinating. Uh, and most of the negative emotions are, future or past based and so eventually i go and see uh the judge slash prosecutor again uh, i was waiting a long time because they had to test the daggers again there was numerous tests and those took forever um and they ha he had to get the phone call from cairo to make sure the tests were completed and to get the go-ahead to um Per, uh, follow up with my case to actually finish the case so my case was finally finished and I remember being in the judge or the prosecutor's office just me and him for probably at least half an hour an hour just me and him he said I could go outside or I could wait here so nice uh, he made sure to tell all the police not to mess with me and treat me really well and if anyone treated me bad to make sure to tell him I tried to make really good friends with him because he was um, one of the most powerful people in that city and you know I could tell everyone was afraid and held him with 
I respect. So I especially made made it a point to you know be extra friendly, extra nice, and. I stayed in that seat rather than wait outside because even though I felt uncomfortable, I felt nervous, uh, I knew the longer I was there, the more comfortable I would be. And I was embracing discomfort at this time. I had to sit there. I had to build rapport. I had to be be nice. And um, just, I know the science of likability, the, the longer you see people, the more you see people, the the you just start to like them almost uh, automatically. It's just a scientific kind of thing. And so I made a really good, um, I want to say I made a really good uh, appearance, not appearance, but I, I made a good standing with everyone and was just really friendly. And I was really grateful too that everything got taken care of really fast, fairly fast within, within a couple days. But even then after everything got taken care of, I had to wait like five days. Everything got taken care of about two and a half days. And then I had to wait one day for the embassy to call to uh, the police station to then they could let me go. But then again, I had to book a plane ticket direct from Luxor out of uh, the country. I couldn't stop in Cairo. I couldn't stop in the other cities in, in Egypt. I had to take a direct flight from Egypt to a different country. And there's not a lot of direct flights from Luxor. I had to wait. You know, I'm looking here on Monday, and the first one I could find is on Friday. First, I find one on Tuesday to Italy, but that one doesn't seem to be working. And then uh, uh, there's one Friday to uh, Kuwait. So I had to wait four days in jail just to get on my flight. I, even though technically I was, they said I was free to go, but they had to transfer me from the jail directly to the police at the airport. So I had to wait. And that was one of the most frustrating parts. And that taught me a lot of patience. That really helped me um, develop myself uh, really well. Um, and it was a really positive experience because I shared the cell with a Frenchman, a 70-year-old Frenchman named Pierre. And we had a really uh, good I don't want to say good time, but we made the best of our situation. And I ended up sharing with him everything I've been learning. And it really, I want to say it made a big difference with him. I mean, he wanted to at one point kill himself. He was contemplating suicide. He's been in there more than 50 days. And, you know, I'm talking, I'm trying to help him deal with that situation. And I feel like I, I made a difference. And just that one aspect alone made everything wor worthwhile. But that was just one small part of it. We we did, um, there's a book by Hal Elrond called The Miracle Morning. And he talks about doing these seven things uh, first thing in the morning and that they will create a huge difference. And so I focused on that because, you know, a few a few days in, my mind started to get really fatigued and tired. And I couldn't think clearly. And so I started this uh, seven steps that I, you know, it was mostly six because I didn't have anything really to read. I, I did my best. But um, the Miracle Morning, it's uh, you use the acronym SAVERS and it stands for silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. Those are like the biggest, most effective uh, habits to build to create success, to create, you know, uh, um, happiness, uh, positivity, and just like super really good, good uh, habits to, to make. And they create a huge difference, especially when, when put together. And so I focused on that. I focused on Tony Robbins changing my um, 
my emotional state, by changing my physiology, my focus, and the words I tell myself. Those are another few things that I use. But savers are really big because it's really easy to remember. So silence, I, I started meditating. I started drawing. I started going inward. I started um, gratitude three times a Three things every morning, every evening. What are you grateful for? What are three things I'm grateful for? I asked Pierre the same thing. What are three things you're grateful for? One thing, uh, I actually have a list of things I wrote down. One of the things, one day, uh, one of the things for, I am grateful to keep the Frenchman company. That was one of the things I was grateful for. And that comes in too with finding a purpose or a passion. That that started to be like my purpose that I'm here to help him. So that helped me a little bit as well with him helping me. I'm helping him. And it's just a, a wonderful circle of inspiration, motivation, positivity. Phenomenal. Um, the second one I was grateful for, I am grateful for plane tickets. That was the day I booked the plane tickets. I'm grateful for those. It's official. I'm finally leaving. Although I didn't count my chickens before they're hatched, uh, it wasn't, um, I didn't leave until I actually was on the plane or in another country. That's when it's, it'll be official, at least in my, my mind. And I am grateful. There was actually one day when I was able to order a pizza. So you could almost eat whatever you want. You just pay people to go and <clears throat> run errands and get you whatever you want, basically, uh, as, as far as food-wise. And so I had pizza that day. I had a chicken pizza just for the hell of it, just to say, I, you know, I, 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 just because I could, <laughs> basically. And so that was, uh, that was part of the silence. You know, the gratitude's part of the silence. And gratitude is that super positive emotion that, that just trumps all all negative emotions. Remember, a positive and negative emotion cannot exist simultaneously. So that gratitude helped change. Because the mind, at this point, when you're in a cell, 8 by 10 cell with nothing to do, your mind starts to go crazy. Uh, your mind starts to play tricks on you. So you have to reel in the mind. That's the absolute key, the mind. And the second one is affirmations. I made a really good affirmations that I left for uh Pierre as I left as well because he's still in there and it's been 60 days I only spent eight days and that was enough for me let me tell you um I had to beat my friend John uh he he was a uh, I want to say Af Afghanistan area for like five days trying to cross the border something like that but I had to beat five days I told him I was like all right I got eight days I'm good uh so affirmations this was something uh, I met, uh, I made uh, for him as well as myself, and I read it every day. Ten times a day, I have uh, I have the note written. It says, "Everything is going to be okay. I will get through this. I must get through this. I can get through this." And you you hear that 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 power in the words that I that I uh, when I say it. So you got to say it, you know, with power, with passion, with with strength. You can't just say like. All right, I will get through this. All right, I must get through this. You can't say it like that. You have to say, I will get through this. I must get through. You have to say it like that. You have to put passion. You have to clench your fists, make a move. And, you know, I taught this to Pierre because when, when he was first saying this, he's like, all right, I can get through this. I was like, no, 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 man. You got to say it. Say it with intensity. Say it with, with certainty. Say it with clarity. Say it with, with you know, uh, strength and power. And then eventually he did. We were saying this every day. And, I, you know, eventually I could see it start ha having an effect on him, started having an effect on me. And, like, these are powerful words, man. I, I Even to this day, I, I, I'll use this for, you know, if I'm doing a workout or, or something, you know, something like that, that's, that's difficult. I also made a graph. There's a chart. And um, 
I made a chart of emotions, basically, of, of how I felt and how he felt as well. There's some days that were good, some days that were bad, and they're up and down, basically up and down curve, I, I wrote. So like if you get good news, you have this up of this elation, this um, this good feelings, you have hope. But when you get like bad news, like you have this downward emotional slope. And so I charted this throughout the day, up and down slope, and I decided to focus on this downward slope uh, and focus, you know, like when you get bad news, when you have bad emotions going through you. So that was what I would focus on, which is, you know, about half the day or, you know, it depends whenever you get news, good news or bad news. And part of it too was uh, our... um, the good news and the bad news, the bad news wasn't necessarily bad. What was bad was our mind shaping it as bad when actually it wasn't bad. It was actually for the good. Everything, there's there's no really good or bad. It's like good and those leading to the good. I mean, that's how I like to think about things. Bad is just... Uh, a matter of perspective. There's not, not really anything that's bad. You know, for every closed door that you see in front of you, there's actually three open doors most people don't even notice. And with my whole experience that I've had with this, uh, you know, incarceration for eight days in Luxor jail, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And, you know, if I were to do it all over again, I would do it again. And I was actually, <laughs> I felt bad leaving because I didn't want to leave Pierre there by himself. But, you know, when I left, I told him, you know, I was trying not to be sad because I was getting sad and I could tell he was too. And and I told him, just don't be sad. I'm leaving. Be grateful and thankful that, you know, we've met and I was here and, you know, that sort of stuff. And so that was um, affirmations, visualization. That's pretty simple. Just visualize what you want. So I'd visualize positive stuff, not negative stuff. I'd visualize flying on the airplane, leaving. I'd visualize coming home. I'd visualize, you know, um, just positive stuff for, for me was being free, not visualize uh, negative stuff, not visualize being tortured, being beat, being that sort of stuff. I noticed when he talked to me about, you know, a couple people being electrocuted and I visualized myself being electrocuted, I could just feel the negative emotions and that sort of stuff just rise up. And so I made sure not to focus on that and uh, made sure to focus on the visualization of the positive of what I want to happen, like it's already happened or it's happening. How would I feel, you know, how much joy would I feel looking at the sun? I hardly got to see the sun for like 30 seconds every day as I walked to the bathroom. That was, even to this day, I love the sun more than anything I could ever imagine. It's just one of the things I miss the most. Um, you know, the, the Spartan-like conditions wasn't so so difficult for me. It was more the men- mental being confined. I, just, I slept on the ground. It was a hard ground, a bunch of cockroaches. That didn't bother me, but I had my pack over my legs, my pack as a pillow, and, you know, wasn't wasn't so difficult. I, I didn't take get to take a shower, but after, like, uh, seven or eight days, and, you know, I'd just wipe off. It wasn't hot. wasn't too cold. A little cold sometimes, but, you know, nothing... I, I can't overcome, you know, I'm I'm pretty mentally toughed and callous when it comes to this sort of stuff. I mean, you have to be, if you're in the Marines for four years and you, you live a, a life of uh, sports and fitness and, you know, run marathons, it kind of makes you, makes you tough. I always say that the people that are going to survive in an apocalypse are, one, the homeless because they're used to hardship and living, you know, um, Spartan-like conditions, and number two, the sportsmen, the 
people are heavily in athletics and tough because they're tough you know going through you have to go through pain almost every day when you're running when you're you know pushing yourself on the bike or when you're, you're doing a sport and so those those two people are gonna are gonna survive if there's ever an apocalypse and people sitting in the house eating their bonbons eating their cheetos watching tv worrying just you know smoking drinking beer all the time these these people without self-discipline that haven't embraced this discomfort that don't you know um that haven't worked on their courage center of their brains or sgacc which i talked about uh these people that are negative these people are the ones that that will not make it if something like that happens and you know i'm i want to be prepared chance favors the prepared and sometimes i get lucky but that's uh i like you know i like that saying that luck is when chance meets pe preparation just like when i won that that race uh, uh surprising race that surprised uh, surprisingly won that race uh, back in um, where was that uh, Pasadena around the Rose Bowl so that was visualization exercise this one was key so the first two days I slept a lot I was recovering I was trying to catch up on my sleep I was wasn't doing much at all and then I started an exercise routine and I started journaling which we'll go into in a, in a little bit uh, with scribing, writing, journaling. I started exercising. I made a good exercise routine. I started you know, doing burpees. I started doing wall sits. I started doing pull-ups on the back of the, back of the door of the, of the cell. And I started doing jumping jacks. I started push-ups and planks and all sorts of stuff to keep my body strong. And, you know, the hardest part was just to start because I'm basically laying down 22, 20, over 22 hours a day. And it's so weird. Every time I get up, I got like wobbly legs. It's like the first time you wake up in the morning, you got wobbly legs. I get this every time I stand up. It's such a weird feeling and it's definitely doesn't feel uh, natural. We're meant to move, meant to be outside, We're not meant to be confined in a cage with no sun. So it's like definitely felt unnatural and, and uncomfortable. And, you know, um, so I started exercising. And once I started exercising, I felt really good, got my blood flowing. Uh, everything started feeling good and that was definitely incredibly helpful uh, me and Pierre uh, both exercise uh, he has his little routine I have my little routine and definitely uh, learned some stuff from each other and you know I, I uh, told him you know we talked about the importance of how exercise was I'm hugely uh, hugely um, uh, strict it's not strict uh, focused uh, I love uh, exercise I got my master's degree in uh, exercise physiology exercise science kinesiology um, so I'm hugely hugely love exercise and it's a huge foundation and asset in my life and I encourage everyone to exercise work out every single day it provides positive benefits throughout the day i definitely need to do a podcast just on exercise and you know the effect it has on people's our mentality and um the well-being feelings and you know if exercise was prescribed as a medicine to be one of the most prescribed medicines in the world you know it's better than um like antidepressants it's better than anxiety medication i'm not saying you know i'm not a doctor don't take any of that stuff i'm just saying you want to exercise first and do these foundational things first before you start you know doing um taking these pharmaceuticals that you know have all these crazy side effects and so that's exercise um there's one let's see i did uh three sets of 10 burpees uh warmed up first with 100 jumpy jacks and th did three sets of 10 burpees this was one day then i did a bunch of i did these like 
two times a day, uh, depending on how I felt. After a few days, I started to feel a little sick. Not bad, but a little bit of sinus issues because I was exposed to secondhand smoke for like incre- uh, a lot intensely for two days and then on and off for, you know, or intensely for about two and a half, three days and then on and off for about four four or five days uh, because the cigarette smoke would just come into the cell. People would talk to us while they're smoking and the cigarette would, that's another reason why I absolutely despise cigarettes. Even to this day, I, I even more, I, after this experience, I, I really despise cigarette smoke. And, you know, definitely if you're smoking, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but it's a good idea to stop. Um, and that, uh, another, uh, gratitude that I had that that day I wrote down I am grateful to sleep as much as I did because I slept really well that day I'm grateful for tea we had our tea ceremonies two times a day Uh, we had I I guess ceremonies I could call them but our tea time I'm grateful for the jacket he gave me uh, his red jacket to keep me warm because I started to get cold that night got a little chilly and I started to look forward to these little things too. The little things really made a big difference when you're in jail, like uh, uh, Bari, the tea guy, the little Egyptian tea guy with the, the turban wrapped around his head. He would come bring us tea or coffee. I had tea sometimes. Pierre would have coffee. I had the anise tea is delicious. And so, you know, that was five Egyptian pounds or 33 cents. And we had uh, about two of those twice a day. You know, first time we had one twice a day, he'd come in the morning about, 9 10 a.m and then the evening about 6 p.m and we had those and i look forward to those and seeing him and interacting with him these small interactions really helped a lot as well uh because you're um at least i had pierre but when i was when i was gone he all he has are these small interactions and i told him like they're really good interactions to interact with people and you know to think positive and that's kind of a, a win definitely a win that you're not in isolation so it could be it could be worse too that's a positive way of looking at it and that was exercise i'm reading reading he pierre did a lot more reading i did read one book called the wishing tree i wish i wasn't in that jail at that time that's what i always say when i read that book it's a funny book but you know that was at that time i don't regret the experience it was uh definitely definitely very a very uh I don't want to say good experience, but it definitely a very incredible, challenging, I guess you could say good experience. It's a positive experience, a net positive experience. So I, I did read one book. It was a half French, half English book. Pierre's French. He had mostly French books. And I did look at his Egyptian book that he had, even though it was in French. And I looked at some of the words. And some of the words were kind of interesting because the French and Arabic words, they're, they're similar. And the English words are, are a little bit similar. I started drawing, so this goes in, you know, reading is very important too, if you have stuff to read. Uh, so Pierre read more than I did. I just read that one while I was there. Um, that was a book by William Faulkner, That Wishing Tree. And then scribing or writing or journaling, that's something that, that made a difference too. I could feel uh, a difference just by focusing on writing and journaling and drawing every day. I think drawing more goes with silence because it's somewhat meditative, but I started drawing um, I started drawing these Egyptian, um, Egyptian, uh, what exp- uh, like a Nefertiti head. I drew um, Anubis, the the god Anubis. I'm just looking at it. I, I drew Thutmosis the third. I actually drew. I drew the Frenchman laying down in bed in his cell. I started just drawing, and it was interesting because when I first started drawing, I could tell my hand was a bit shaky. I was a little bit nervous, like micro nervous, and then. 
I, the the more I I drew the the smoother my my um and it, calmer I felt the smoother my drawings became the more I started uh, drawing and you know I, I drew probably six seven pictures while I was there and that helped make the time go by too time went incredibly slow when I did nothing I know when I was in the Marines uh, time went really fast about 13 weeks I was in boot camp and that was because we were busy every single day we were doing something non-stop and that just made time fly by so I got the idea to make sure to um organize my time and to make sure to do things and be productive so i would have a time for drawing which was like probably twice a day and we have our tea time we have our dinner we'd have our lunch we'd have our little talks we'd have our exercise so i would i would you know make uh structure each day with all those with all those uh, activities and actually made for a great day fairly interesting fairly great day um interacting with uh different policemen and officers and every day we would read everything is gonna be okay i will get through this i must get through this i can get through this and you know i just appreciated a lot of the small things as well while while i was there like day five, I got to wash my hair. It felt so incredible to feel the cold water and the the soap lather in my hair and just to feel a clean hair, <laughs> a clean head and just felt so amazing to wash my hair and wash my face. And every day I'd brush my teeth probably two or three times just because I could... Um, because I couldn't to make my teeth feel better. And, you know, you ever notice that sometimes if you just brush your teeth, it kind of makes you feel better. And so I used that. And I know it's a small, very small, but these small wins add up to big wins. You know, they add up to like big things. And that goes with that last podcast, you know, small wins to achieve big goals. It kind of, it's kind of similar in that sense. All these small wins add up to, you know, feeling good, these good feelings, big, big positive emotional impact you know over you know once they're all added together and you know there's one thing i did i so pierre he had to pee in a bottle every few hours because i think he's 70 years old maybe there's prostate stuff going on but i made it a point not to pee in a bottle so that was my um my goal was not to pee in a bottle and i just made it Although I almost didn't a couple times, I just made it because uh, I have to ask. We have to ask for people to let us out of our cell and go to the bathroom. And there was times when you know a couple of the people were just kind of jerks, and they wouldn't either they they just ignore us and or they wouldn't understand us. But I think they were just ignoring us and not being too nice. I remember one guy named Abdu. He was he wasn't very nice, and we kept asking him. He wouldn't take us. He was enlisted. He wasn't one of the officers. The officers were really nice, uh, and they helped us a lot. And so eventually, you know, sometimes I'd have to stand for 10, 15 minutes and ask people, you know, to t- let us, you know, let me go to the bathroom, and just, you know. And, um, yeah, so that was a, a win for me. I considered that a win and, like, a little self-goal. I made these little self-goals, you know, that helped me uh uh, feel happier and positive and successful, even though they're small. They 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 were big things when you're uh, when you're in a eight by ten cell for eight days. And so, scribing that's the last one uh, of how Elrond's uh, miracle morning he calls it the savers the final habit to create a huge amount of momentum and you know uh, success and in the 
people's uh, days, these six habits. So silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, describing. So the writing, journaling, that's when, you know, I started writing, I started journaling, and, you know, that was after a couple days. I, it started to make an impact. So I didn't have paper, so I'm, I wrote this on the back of... Uh, uh, on an envelope from uh, the hotel I stayed at the night before. It's funny, I stayed at the Hilton in Luxor, and the next day I'm at the Hilton, the jail Hilton. I thought that was kind of funny. I made light of the situation at times and joked around a little bit. He told me a good joke, but it's not uh, polite uh, for me to say that here because, uh, yeah, I don't want to offend uh, any religious beliefs or anything like that. But um, definitely we joked around a lot. We laughed as much as we could, and I, you know, <clears throat> definitely uh, one of the officers was really mad and cranky he, he could just see a scowl on his face he would just yell just to hear himself yell every day and we we would like oh here he comes here comes the mean one you know and it's it kind of funny his voice is real raspy raspy it's just yelling in arabic and it's just kind of made us laugh and and so I started journaling, writing, you know, wrote down, you know, what I did, 1.10 p.m. Uh, his wife, his wife got to visit him every day, which was nice. Usually uh, most of the regular uh, inmates only get one a week, one once a week, five minutes. He got five minutes every day with his wife. So that was really uh, nice. And she brought him food. And that was definitely, we had a nice dinner every night. You know, nice dinner, what I'm talking about is a piece of bread with some cheese and some tomatoes, some cucumbers and you know uh, i just actually bought a cucumber the other day from the store and i was thinking about um thinking about pierre as well you know i learned to love cucumbers and tomatoes raw you know and um yeah different cheeses and one day she brought him sardines and it was a little messy but he cleaned it up he's put lemon squeezed lemon on his hands and made the smell go i was amazed that that's brilliant that's brilliant pierre man i'm gonna use this trick one day and yeah, I started writing down, and it felt really nice to write stuff down, write your ideas, your thoughts, your dreams, your goals. I wrote down like people's names. I wrote down like how I felt. I wrote down um, just everything, you know, 945, the dinner, uh, talking to one of the officers about, you know, he has a business idea. He wants to sell uh, salt, this, um, what do you call that, salt? Oh, by the sea. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but anyways, he had like a business idea. He's a really, really young, young, young guy. And I was, you know, talking to him about that. And, you know, got the gratitude going twice a day when I wake up. And then before I go to sleep, I have to, I ask Pierre, I make sure what are the three things you're thankful for? And I'm, I'm serious. And that really helped get through everything. I had a, a guy, um, uh, go to the store for me every day and I, I'm not gonna lie I didn't eat the greatest when I was in there but I did do some intermittent fasting to offset that and exercise and took you know I had supplements so I took a berberine which offsets a you know insulin reaction from too much sugar I did have too, a little bit too much sugar not gonna lie I had a lot of chocolate as <laughs> my stress food but I, I definitely had it and I start you know changed you know into apples you know I'm, I love apples and you know probably a little bit too much chocolate, maybe a chocolate bar every day. It's like, but I wasn't eating too much every day too. My body was just kind of in this like stress response where I don't didn't really have to eat. To tell you the truth, I could have fasted for a few days on 
pretty good with fasting in general and, and do pretty well. Fasting is really beneficial to help extend one's lifespan if, if done correctly. One thing I love about um, the, the Muslim religion is the Ramadan. You know, they have this month where they fast during the day. They don't eat or drink anything. It's one thing, you know, it's really uh, healthy and definitely uh, can extend one's lifespan. And that's really it. That's really uh, the gist of it. And I want to say I did, you know, I'm just going over my gratitude list. I had earplugs. Uh, actually gave Pierre uh, one of my new shoes, which which he'd really come in handy, a small backpack. And uh, my blindfold mask that I had, a new one. And, yeah, the, so what was the benefit? So, you know, why was it one of the greatest experiences? Well, it was a completely unique experience for me. It was completely uh, different. I'm, you know, I, it was a, a challenge. I looked at it as a challenge. So that's another thing. So, oh, before I forget... Um, the Tony Robbins thing. So to change your emotional state in an instant, absolutely in an instant, you go from happy to sad, sad to happy, whatever you want. Uh, we have the power to choose. That's what's so wonderful about, you know, about our minds. And you know, most people don't don't choose the positive emotions. They choose the negative emotions because that's what we're programmed to. But you know, how do you get through that program? Repetition and by changing your emotions. Those two help change the subconscious. And I'll talk about it later. And you know, we talk about. Um, how to do that more in depth and you know I was going to do that uh, on this one but I think I'll do it on the next one and that's through the reticular activating system that's the um, the part of the brain that helps the filtering process and that's how we help change our subconscious and that's why all these visualizations writing scribing journaling um um, affirmation, all this stuff. This is how exactly it works. So, you know, I think I'll say that for the next podcast. This one's already running long enough, but that's the specific scientific reason this stuff works. And so I was getting back on that Tony Robbins thing. Uh, so how do you change your emotional state in an instant? And that is by changing your physiology, changing the words you tell yourself and changing what you focus on. So how do we change our physiology? So if you're happy, if you're sad, if you're depressed, you're usually what looking down, breathing shallow. You're hunched over, maybe you're, uh, I don't know, you're frowning. So how do you change your physiology? Number one, smile. Smiling reduces cortisol. Scientifically proven to you could you know people smile while running. It's that's that's how you know. Uh, uh, powerful smiling is and makes you feel better. Smile, um, look up more up, um, exercising, jumping up and down, increasing uh, your breathing, taking deeper breaths, meditation, deep breathing, four by four breathing, four in, hold for four, four out, hold for four, four in, hold for four. That's that four by four breathing. I, I want to say we talked about that in another podcast and those really will make a big difference in itself. And then the next way uh, of the three is you change what you're focusing on. Focusing on. So what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the negative? Are you focusing on what could go wrong rather than what could go right? Focus on what could go right rather than what could go wrong. And um, that's hugely important. What are you focusing on? Uh, are you focusing on the negative or are you focusing on the positive? Focus on the positive and you'll feel positive. Focus on the negative and you feel negative. 
uh, reminds me of the, the saying, a negative mind will never have a positive life. Only a positive mind will have a positive life. Um, and number three, the words you tell yourself. So this was interesting. I um, made a, a little shift, a micro shift, which added up with a bunch of micro shifts to a big shift in how I felt by changing um, what I thought about the situation of being in jail for eight days. I thought about instead of being a punishment, I thought of it as a challenge. So my friend Jesus, I love Jesus to death. He's amazing. He always says, don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. So when I shifted this little thing in my brain, considering this or thinking about this as a challenge rather than a punishment or anything else, I I already felt better. I was like, I got to win. I must win. I have to beat this. I have to successfully finish this challenge. And that helped make a difference as well. And I could feel the shift automatically with that. And so these three things, you know, Tony Robbins taught me when I was in 2012 at one of his conferences or his uh, seminars for four days in Los Angeles. Definitely going to go to uh, a couple more, at least one or two more this year. And so those things you, you focus on, those, those can change your state in an instant. Another cool thing, when I was at the Tony Robbins, we got to walk on fire, which is a hot coals, which is amazing. And, you know, we, we said uh, um, affirmation as we walked uh, on the hot coals. It was like, cool moss, cool moss, cool moss. And we said that. And then once we finished, we actually... Um, uh, made our move. We, we have to make a move. And we just like cheered, yelled and screamed and, you know, with, with elation and, and emotion, positive emotion. And that definitely changes your state um, automatically. And um, yeah, that help, helps me help me get through the fear of flying. You know, one of it is I just don't focus on it. I just focus on other things. I don't even think about it. The more you give things energy, the more it grows. That's why I don't focus on, you know, negative things right now. Uh, I deal with negative things as I pop up, but I don't focus on negative things. It's like, you know, you get trolls and negative people online with negative comments or negative messages or whatever it is. You just don't feed the trolls. That's one of the ways you deal with that. You don't feed it. You don't focus on it you just you know just leave it alone and let them lie in their misery and self you know degraded self-worth and whatever it is that they're uh you know uh that they're dealing with and so that's one of the ways you deal with trolls is you know just just don't don't feed them don't feed the trolls just starve them starve them from the energy and the negative energy and that's that's uh, one thing i did unfortunately i had uh i had another one unfortunately uh the second one so far i'm sure there'll be more the more uh, the more i do these things the more they come up i know people like joe rogan and, and other people they have uh you know the, the successful people the more successful we are the more the more trolls and negative people that you have you know a lot of the people that are posting these negative comments you know on facebook a lot of these people are just like psychopathic people that you know need attention and they feed off of off of that and you know want to bring people down because they're so low themselves and so definitely uh, avoid people like them and surround yourself with you know good people people that you know positive that lift you up you know you're the you're the average of the five people you spend the most time around so definitely spend your time with people wisely a uh, life's too short to deal with any of that negative nonsense and that sort of stuff and that's gonna be it for this podcast um i can't really think of anything else right now off the top of my head but it went fairly well and i'm happy with it it's my first one back on this one in probably a little over a month uh and I'm very happy to be back. I'm definitely uh, coming back. Unstoppable. That is 
2020. 2020 is the the motto's unstoppable. And you know, I'm, I may have some more, you know, uh, addendum on on you know being in jail and the benefits of it as time goes on because. Uh, I could you could connect the dots more when you look back on things. You can't really connect the dots uh, as you go forward. I know, um, looking forward, I know it definitely uh, helped shift my whole mentality um, to a good extent. You know, a, a positive extent, and like I could handle stressful situations better. I could deal with different things better i'm more motivated i'm more i'm more you know nice to people i'm more caring to people it's just uh, i'm more uh just a better person because of, because of it and you know like i said before i don't regret it i you know i uh if i had to do it over again i, I definitely would and i'm still uh still you know reveling um learning a lot from it as well and um trying to process everything um, definitely wasn't easy but it was uh, nothing worthwhile is ever easy and that's how we grow and become better people and that's it guys thanks for listening let's see what do we have outro music this is called live your dreams it's just like <laughs> all right thanks for listening to planet positivity go out there live a positive life have a wonderful day wonderful year wonderful month wonderful rest of your life uh, live life to the fullest and um, be positive that's it guys thanks for listening and oh before i forget my other uh i guess i mentioned it before my other podcast is the super travel experience podcast check that out if you want to learn more about hear more about the story and um you know the jail experience what it's like in luxor all right guys take care have a wonderful day